Hello, you're listening to the podcast of Bay Ridge Christian Church. Each Sunday, our aim is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ from the text of the Bible and to catalyze the hearts of our hearers to love and gratitude towards God and all of His creation. We hope you enjoy this teaching, and we pray that you will be encouraged to trust in Jesus today. I have the uh, privilege to talk to you guys this morning. I really appreciate you guys allowing me to do it. Uh, We're going to talk about hope, and it's the product of faith. And, you know, I I struggled with titles and, and ways to put this together and think about it. And it just kind of came to me as more like a mathematical formula, because to have true hope, you have to have faith. So uh, faith times X, meaning you, you you are the X factor, is going to equal hope. You're going to have hope. So so everybody here, we are the X factor. We, We have to have that faith. If we don't have faith in God, in Christ, in his death, burial, and resurrection, we have no hope. And, and, that's, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Um, so that's, that's where hope, the product of faith, came from. That way it kind of makes a little bit of sense to you guys. It was, it was a math thought. and I'm not a, I'm not a mathematician whatsoever, but for some reason I had a math. I must have been helping one kid on homework or something to have that thought. I don't know. But that's, that's where it came from. Um, so let's, let's jump in, and we're going to uh, start with the Word. So let's, let's read the Word. The Word is Romans 4, 13 through 25. It's a long chunk of Scripture. Um, we're going to kind of go through it. We're not going to go through it, you know, obviously word for word because we'd be here forever. And you have hope that we won't have to be here forever. So, <clears throat> all right, let's, let's read the word of the Lord. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be the heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if the adherents of the law, excuse me, who are to be the heirs, Faith is null, and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but there is no, where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the ones who share the faith of Abraham, who is father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations, in the presence of God, in whom he believed who gives life to the dead and calls into existence things that do not exist. In hope he believed against all hope, that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in his faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, he was about a hundred years old, or consider the bareness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in the faith, as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. This is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but also for ours. It will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespass and raised for our justification. That's... That's a lot. That's what, that's what Paul had to say about hope and faith, and that's a lot, and we're obviously not going to get all of that this morning. Um, I would encourage you guys to read that this week, um, to really think about it, and let those words soak in. Um, because of the faith, we have that hope. Uh, we are going to go over that a little bit. I'm, I'm going to uh, break free a little bit here, and I'm going I'm to share a story. Uh, I talked to Brett a little bit about sharing this, and, and he talked about some different stories and some different ideas, and, and, I, and I found this story. Uh, it's, about a, it's about a Jewish 
psychologist, neurologist uh, in 1942. His name was Viktor Frankl. Uh, Viktor Frankl was in Amsterdam with his family, and he got picked up by Nazi regime. He was taken then to, I'm not going to say this right, uh, the, the first camp that he went to was Theresienstein ghetto. I'm not saying it right. I apologize for anybody who is more German than I. Um, there he was separated from his family. There his family was was taken. They all went to different places, different camps. They were all sent different places. They were, they were totally separate. Um, he, was, he was a smart man. He was, he, like I said, he was a psychologist, neurologist. He was a smart man. Um, he, he noticed when he was there that he had to have something to hold on to. This man was not a Christian. Um, so I'm not going to make any bones that he had faith in God. He was not a Christian. Um, but he knew that he had to hold on to something. And he chose to hold on to his wife. So he, he decided that he was going to hold on to the images and the goodness that his wife was for him. So through these camps and through these times, he had this image of his wife and the goodness that she was for him. So she, he had to hold on. And he, he knew that no matter what happened, if he could hold on to this image, that he would get through. He saw four different camps while he was there. So he started out there. He actually went to Auschwitz, Koffering, and Turkheim. So he, he did the tour. Um, he, started out, he started out actually in, in, a, in a place of more being a good prisoner, with, with helping with medical needs and such for others. And then as it went, they just, they just stepped him right down the line until he was basically doing slave labor like, like anybody else. Um, but he knew, he knew without a doubt that if he clung to his wife, that he would get through. Um, this is, this is the words that he had to say. My mind clung to the image of my wife. A thought crossed my mind. I didn't know if she were alive. I had no means of finding out. There was no mail coming or going. But at that moment, it ceased to matter. I did not need to know. I just knew this, I needed the strength of the love, the thoughts of my beloved. Had I known she was dead, I still would have given myself to the knowledge, to the contemplation of that image. That mental conversation would have been just as vivid and just as satisfying. So, so he knew he had to hang on to that. He knew he had to hang on to that image whether she was alive or dead. He did not know whether she was alive or dead. But he had to hang on to hope. He had to have hope. Without that hope, he knew he wasn't going to get through the camp. It wasn't going to happen. Uh, because he was psychologist, neurologist, and, and, and like I said before, he did help some prisoners. He did some things with other people. He saw those who did not have hope. They lost it. They did not make it. The people who were just without hope, they could not make it. They had nothing to hold on to. They were the ones that didn't get through the camps. They are the ones who did not survive. Um, it, was a, it was a great blight in human history. We don't really want to dwell on it, but we have to have hope. We have to have hope to survive. We have to have hope to survive this walk that we call Christianity. If we, if we go through our day-to-day and our walk, and we just concentrate on those things that are right in front of us, and we can't see that hope that has been given to us through the death and resurrection of Christ, we are not going to make it. All right, so moving forward, um, we need to define hope. 
we need to talk about what hope is, uh, what, what we think of hope as a human is, and what we should think of hope as a Christian is. It's just really two different things. Um, I'm going I'm to pick on all you Atlanta Falcon fans today because Brett gave me the opportunity. <laughs> okay, there, there, there was a great hope <laughs> that the Atlanta Falcons would somehow beat Belichick and Brady. I told Brett I wouldn't say Patriots. Um, <laughs> um, but... That was just a hope. That was just a dream. That was just a thought. That's, that's the kind of hope we have as, as humans. Um, I'm not going to go any farther with it. I'm not going to pick on anybody else about it. Um, that's just a hope. We, just, we, we can hope a lot of things. We can hope that, you know, as children, we can hope that our parents get home so we can play a game or do this or do that or spend time with them. Or, you know, I can hope that my wife, you know, is able to come home so we can go out and get some dinner. I can, you know, I, we can have all these different hopes. But they're not grounded in, in any true, absolute fact. It's just, you know, I hope that. You know, we all say that, you know, we all say, we all think that, you know, oh, I, I hope that. Um, you know, or, on the other hand, um, there's biblical hope. You know, there's certainty. There's absolute, 100% certainty. Um, big, yeah, biblical hope is a confident expectation and desire for the good that is coming in the future. Uh, that is absolute without a doubt. It's, 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 it's a fact. It's, it's going to happen. If you believe, if you have faith, going back to that, if you believe and if you have faith, then that hope is grounded in reality. It's not, it's not the hope that your team wins. It's not the hope that, you know, I, I get a new car this year. It's not, you know, it's not that kind of hope. It's, it's absolute fact. There's, there's no doubt because you, you're hoping on something that is real. Um, you know, I, I usually use this illustration. You know, we don't, we don't say that I hope the sun goes down tonight so that I can go to sleep. We don't say that because it's going to happen. Why does it happen? Because God said it's going to happen. God said it's going to happen in, in Genesis. He said it's going to happen. He divided the day and the night. It's going to happen. It's a fact. We don't, we don't hope that it's going to happen because we know it's going to happen because God said it. Okay? If we believe God said it, it's a fact, all right? So we need to, to, to change our viewpoint to, to hope as being a fact, not as a hope, not as a prayer, not as a, not as a, not as a crossed finger. Um, it's part of, our, part of our text as well that I'll just quickly read. We're not going to go back there. But 421, Abraham fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Fully convinced. Um, John Piper, pretty smart guy, I think, had, had this to say. Biblical hope is not a mere desire for something good to happen. It is a confident expectation and desire for something good in the future. Biblical hope has moral certainty in it. When the word says hope in God, it doesn't mean cross your fingers. It means expect for God to do something. Okay, and, that, and that's the, the concept that I wanted to make sure that, that we got, that hope is an expectation. Hope is real. It's something that's going to happen. It's not something that could 
happen. And, and a lot of times, you know, as, as humans, we kind of get that mixed up. It's just kind of the way we go. Excuse me. All right, so where, as Christians, do we find this hope? Um, I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, we as Christians already know these answers, but we're just going to go over them anyway. Uh, where do we find hope? The first place that we need to be daily to find hope is in God's Word. We need to be in the Word of God daily to find hope. We're not going to find hope in the evening news. Uh, anybody who's watched the evening news knows that there's no hope in that. You're, you're, you're not going to find hope from your coworkers. You know, they're going through a lot of stuff. You know, you as a Christian need to be their hope. Where are you going to get your batteries charged to be their hope? In God's Word. You're not going to have your batteries charged if you're not in God's Word. If you're getting all your sources of hope from anything external from this world, you know, we're not going to have it. We're not going to have the hope that we need for ourselves, and we're not going to hope that we need to give to others. Um, Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and spirit, the joints and of the marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Um, God's Word's alive. I read that to, to let you know that God gave us His Word. because It's alive. It's, it's not an old, dusty book that doesn't have any relevance for us. Uh, it's alive. It's, it's God's Word. God gave us a gift in His Bible. Um, it's for us to have, to read, to cherish. Um, and, and we as Americans probably don't do as, as good of a job as we should. I can tell you I, as an American, don't. Um, you guys can judge yourselves. But I, as an American, don't do as good of a job because I have multiple Bibles and, and multiple ways to get it. And do I use it as, as often as I should? That's the question. Um, when you're in the Word, uh, he gives us promises in Scripture. So we're going to get back into our text a little bit. So if you guys uh, found... Romans 4 on your phones or in your Bibles or uh, iPads or however you have it. We're going to start to go through it a little bit. Uh, in the Word, He's given us promises. These promises are real. Uh, they are facts. They are going to happen. Um, just, just as we talked earlier about the sun going down tonight, it's going to happen. It's a promise. It's going to happen. There's no doubt about it. We've got to change our mindset. Um, Romans 4.13, for the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through law, but through the righteousness of faith. Um, he promised us, through death, burial, resurrection, salvation. He promised us salvation. Um, it's going to happen. It's an inheritance. It's an inheritance for us. It's not through the law. It's not through our obedience. It's not through what we do. It's, it's through faith. So that faith gives us that hope. And we need to hold on to that hope. And we need to, we need to think about salvation as a, as a almost a three-phased process. Um, you're, you are saved, you are being saved, and you will be saved. Um, 
you know, there's a date when there's a date when you gave your life to the Lord. That happened. That's a fact. You were saved. As you walk through this life, as you read the Word, as you pray, as you're in church, as you're as you're walking a Christian life, you're being sanctified. You're being saved. And there will come a day at death when God, Jesus, will reach down and He will save you. And that is our hope. That is our hope. That's where our hope lies. Our hope lies in in that day. Uh, skipping forward a little bit, Romans 4.17. I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence things that do not exist. Okay? That's how powerful our God is. How can we not have hope in that? How are we not excited about that every day? How do we not share this hope more often? Uh, you're talking about a God that can snap his fingers or think about snapping his fingers or think about thinking about snapping his fingers and call a world into existence. <laughs> I mean, he's that powerful. He's that awesome. Um, you know, when I, when I prepared this, I learned a lot about hope. I'll be honest with you. Usually when you prepare something, you preach to yourself before you preach to anybody else. And... Uh, I've learned a lot about hope, and, and I, I'll be honest with you, it has changed my perspective greatly. Um, the next part that we're, where we find hope is, is through our faith. We find hope through faith. Um, because we're not going to have the correct perspective on hope, as I've already shared, without faith. Without faith in God. Without faith in death, burial, and resurrection. Um, Verse 14, for if the adherents of the law are to be the heirs, faith is null and void, for the law brings wrath. For there is no law, sorry, for where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not to the adherent of the law, but also to the ones who share the faith of Abraham, who was father of us all. God brought his promise to Abraham through faith. God brings his promises to us through faith. It's not, it's not because we know the right songs to sing or know when to raise our hands or when to clap our hands or, or anything else. It's, it's through our faith. It's through our faith that God is going to bring this hope. It's through our faith that God is going to bring this hope. I, I really want you to understand that. I've said it about probably 20 times already. And I'll say it 30 more. So, um, hope is the product of faith. There's no doubt about it. Uh, we are not going to have true hope unless we have true faith. Without, without understanding death, burial, resurrection, we're not going to get there. We're just, we're just going to have a off-the-wall hope that really is meaningless because it's, it's worldly, it's grounded here. Um, verse 18. This is my favorite verse of the whole section. In hope, he believed against all hope that he should become the father of many nations, as he had been told. So shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, or considered the bareness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew in the faith 
And he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Uh, Very often in our walk, we come to a point where it it seems as though we're walking into the wall, bumping into the wall, um, nowhere to go. Maybe Maybe it's physical, maybe it's marital, um, maybe it's financial. There, there's a lot of different circumstances, a lot of things that happen in our lives, and we, there's nowhere for us to go. We, we have lost hope. We have lost hope in the means that we have and the resources that we have to pull from. Um, Abraham, against all hope. In hope, against all hope. Think about that statement. In hope, against all hope. There was no worldly way possible for this to happen. None. It did not make any sense that a 100-year-old man was going to have a baby with a 100-year-old woman. It doesn't make sense. Okay? It doesn't. There's just no way it can happen. I mean, think about that now. Think about those of of us, most of us haven't hit 100. Some of us are older than me. Think about that, the guys that are here that, you know, live in my basement, that age group. Um, (laughs) Think think about the fact of having a child at this point in time. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You can go to every fertility clinic everywhere. I am sure that Melissa has not figured out a way for this to happen yet, as smart as she is. (laughs) It's not going to happen. It's just physically impossible. But he didn't lose hope. Okay? He did not lose hope. I mean, I, I can't fathom that. I would be like, God, come on. Seriously? There is no way. This cannot happen. This, this, this is not going to happen. But Abraham did not lose hope. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. None. Did not lose hope. And, and it doesn't make any sense to us. None whatsoever, but God gave him a promise, and he held on to it. God has given us a promise. We need to hang on to it, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it doesn't look good, even when it's as black as black can be. We need to hold on to it, because God has given us a promise for us. Um, It's not easy to really describe what Paul means there in that verse, in in hope Abraham believed. Um, The the best way that that I've found that makes sense to me, I'm going to run this past you, and you guys can tell me I'm wrong if you want. It's okay. Um, Abraham's faith was his strong confidence in the reliability of God's word. His faith was the confidence in, in his promise, in God's word. That was his faith. Okay? And his hope was the confidence in the fulfillment of that word. Okay? So his faith was the confidence in the fact that what God said was going to happen, and his hope was that God was going to do what he said was going to happen. Um, so when, when faith in God looks at the future, it's hope. When hope rests on the Word of God, it's faith. Okay? It's the easiest way to try to put that into some kind of, a, some kind of words.
Um, I want to go into applying the word. And the first question is going to be um, pretty evident. I, I hope that we all know the answer to, to all these questions, to be honest with you. But the, the answer here is, do you need hope? Do you need hope in something that is greater than yourself? Do you need hope, do you need hope in something beyond what this world has to offer? Um, another sub-question to that question is, are you, without that hope, are you really able to live an effective life? Um, are, you, are, you, are you just really kind of going through the motions? Um, spoke to somebody this morning, um, and, and you know, we were talking about just kind of our days and how things went, and, and, he, and he, he said that uh, sometimes you feel like a hamster on the wheel. Without hope, you're a hamster on the wheel. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. You're, you're just running and running and running and running, and you're not going anywhere. Um, so that, that kind of brings me up to the human black hole. Have you been around that guy? Have you been around the human black hole? The guy who everything, no matter what it is, is awful. Terrible. Terrible. How was your day? Oh, man, it's terrible. I just, I just, you know. No matter what. No matter what, he could have won, he could have played lottery and won 100 bucks and he'd have been complaining because he did win 500. You know, he's that guy. It doesn't matter. He's just, you know, he's the human black hole. I mean, no matter, no matter what good, no matter what happens, no matter what goes on, he is negative. He is negative. Negative, 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 negative. Um, we don't want to be that guy. We don't want to be the guy who is, is always turned to the negative. Uh, if we allow ourselves, it's very easy to be negative. Um, in conversations with Brett over the last year, you know, uh, with, with things going on in church, and, and I've adopted it in things going on in life, um, find the positive. Find the positive. Because it, it's, it's so easy to talk about everything that's wrong, because um, there's plenty wrong. But there's also like a million things that go right, and we just say, well, that's the way it's supposed to be. But find, find the positive. Find the positive. Don't be, the, don't be the human black hole. Um, find your hope. Find your hope in Jesus. Find your, find your faith. Find your hope. Ground your hope in God. Um, Paul, Paul kind of answers this question for us, so I'm going to answer the question, even though I proposed it to you, but I'm going to answer it with Scripture. Uh, Ephesians 2.12. Remember that there were... Sorry, start over. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promises, having no hope without God in the world. So the only reason that we as Christians should not have hope, that, we, that we're allowed to be the human black hole, is if we are separated from God. Okay? We are not separated from God. We are, we are redeemed by his blood, okay? So we have hope. So you're not allowed to be a human black hole. So you have to have hope, okay? You're not allowed. Um, where is your hope? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm skipping forward. Do you have faith? Do you have faith? Um, I believe that probably everybody in this room understands exactly what I'm talking about, about Christ crucified, risen. 
come again for our sins. Do you have faith? Um, if you have faith, you have to have hope. There's, there's, there's foundational. It's, it's without a doubt. You have to have hope. Um, if, you, if you really truly believe in what was done on that cross for you, and you can honestly say you don't have hope, then we need to go back to what you believe. Because if you believe it, you have hope. Uh, if, there's, if there's somebody here for some reason has no idea what I'm talking about, please come talk to me. Because I would love to give you hope. I would love to, absolutely, without a doubt. And I'd be amiss not to say that. Um, for all of us who have confessed with our mouth and believe in our hearts, we know where our hope lies. We know who our hope is. And we need to remember who our hope is. All right, so moving forward to where is your hope? Uh, where, where do we put our hope? Where, where as human beings do we tend to put our hope? Um, do, we, do we all the time, are we always super spiritual and always have our hope in Jesus? We wake up every morning and say, you know, thank you, Lord, for dying for my sins and my hope is in you today. You know, I, I know I don't. Um, we tend to, we tend to uh, try to figure things out on our own. Um, so is your hope in your career? Do you have, do you have a wonderful career, uh, a great job, great working environment? You, you're, you're making plenty of money. Um, is that where your hope lies? Your, hope, is your, your identity in this human existence? Is it in, in your career, in your job, in your workplace, in the business you own, and, and, and that kind of thing? You put your hope in that. You put your hope for your future in that? Uh, I guess to preface, everything I'm going to talk about here is a good thing. I'm not going to talk about anything that's bad. All right, so absolutely, we all want to have a great job, a good business, and all that stuff. I don't, I don't mean to say that it's bad. Please don't hear that. Um, but is that where we put our hope? Is that where we put our hope? Is that where our hope lies? Uh, financial plan, financial security. Um, are, we, are we the financial planner, the, the stock buyer? Do we have a great plan for financial domination where we're going to be rich by the time we're 30? Um, <laughs> is, is, that, is that who we are? I mean, is that, you know, is that, is that where our hope lies? Our hope lies in, in, in markets and moving and, and, and doing different things with money so that our hope is in financial security. Our hope is in money. You know, do we allow, and maybe we're very successful with it. Uh, maybe, maybe we do have a million dollars and we're 30 years old. And God bless you. Amen to it. Um, but what... Where, where do you allow your faith and hope and circumstances? You know, do, you, do your plans and possessions lead to gratitude towards God? Or do they lead to, look at me, look what I did. Um, so, so where does your hope lie? Uh, moving on, um, education, educational system. Uh, for parents, it is, you know, I'm sending my kid to, you know, such and such school to give them a great start to, to uh, be able to do X, Y, Z. Um, all great things. We all want our kids to do well. As parents, we all want our kids to do well. Uh, but where, where is our hope in education? Is, is, it, is it better for our children to be a doctor, a lawyer, or whatever and not know Jesus? Or is it better for them to ride on the back of the trash truck and know who God is? Um, that's, you know, I, know it's, I know that's hard because we want our kids to do well. Absolutely, 100%. But, but how do, we, how do we gauge that? How do we measure it? Um, I, I hope that everybody's child here is a doctor or a lawyer. But I hope more that they know Jesus. 
You know, that's, that's our real hope. Mm. Uh, for the, the college age, going into college age, um, you know, challenge you guys. Is, is that where your hope lies? Does your hope lie in going to Yale, Harvard, MIT, uh, wherever that is? Is that where your hope lies? Um, or, or can you be uh, an effective Christian without going there? Uh, there's no doubt. Uh, great things, but don't allow it to control your hope. Your hope is in Jesus. Your hope is in God. It's, it's not in these external situations. Um, I hope you guys all get to go to great schools. Absolutely. But if you're going to Anne Arundel Community College, or if you're working as an electrician, or if you're working as a plumber, or you're, you know, saying, what do they say? It was my pleasure. Um, for all you chick fil my pleasure. Uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. As long as they know Jesus. Um, for all the planners, which are, which are not the men in this group, probably. <laughs> yeah, I said it. Um, <laughs> for all the five-year planners, uh, there are some men that five-year plan, but I, I, I believe, honestly, that it's probably more women. At least it is in my life. My life, my wife is the planner, and I am the okay honey. Um, but for all the planners, do you put your hope in your five-year plan? Do you put your hope in a check, checking off goals? Do you, do you put your hope in, you know, okay, this year we're going to get the car, next year we're going to get the apartment or the house, and next year we're going to get the next house, and in five years we're going to get this, and in ten years we're going to do that. And you have this whole life mapped out, uh, not knowing that, you know, something's going to happen that's going to mess that up. Uh, there's, there's always a circumstance. There's always something that's going to happen that's going to tear apart your five-year, ten-year, thirty-year plan. Um, there, there, it's going to happen. But do we put our faith in that? Do we put our hope in that? Or do we put our hope in Jesus? Uh, plans are great. Everybody should have plans. Everybody should have goals. They're all, like I said, these are all good things. But where does your hope lie? Um, this, is a, this is a tough one for all of us because we all, we all get tied up in this one. Um, does your hope rest in works? Uh, does your hope rest in the fact that you teach Sunday school, you go to three home groups a week, you sing on the worship team, you volunteer at the egg hunt, you volunteer at camp launch, you serve in the nursery, you work in the coffee ministry, you work with youth group, you even go to the detention center on Monday night with Greg Younger. Not, if it's not bad enough you're at the detention center, you're with Greg. <laughs> Love you, brother. <laughs> um, you do all those things. I mean, that's a busy, that's a busy guy. That, that guy right there is a busy guy. You do all those things, but is that... Is that where your hope lies? Is that going to get you to heaven? Is your hope grounded where it should be grounded? Death, burial, resurrection. Hope for the future coming king. Okay? They're all wonderful things to do. We can't get tied up in that hamster wheel. We need to know. Um, out of the abundance of the heart, you know, all those things are going to flow because of your love for God. Don't get them upside down. Um... <clears throat> who is your hope? Who is your hope? Is your hope your spouse? Is your hope your children? Uh, Brett referenced this last week when he talked about marriage. You know, you can, you can get things mixed up and you can be so concentrated on your kids that you forget about your wife. Or you can be so concentrated on your wife that you forget about your kids. Uh, where does your hope lie? Where does your hope lie? Your hope lies in Jesus. 
Um, we know that, but we can't, you know, those relationships, as good as they may be, as, as well as you may know uh, Brett and Linda, and they've been pastoring a church for a long time, they're not getting you into heaven. They're not going to be able to say anything on your behalf. Your hope does not lie in person or family. Your hope lies in Jesus. Uh, government. Can we, can we allow our hope to lie in government? I'm not going to get into election stuff. I promise myself. Um, but does our hope lie in government? Um, we, we, we live in the greatest country in the world. Does our hope lie in the fact that we live in America? Does our hope lie in American exceptionalism? Uh, is that where our hope lies? There's our hope that when this nation comes down, it will happen at some point in time, whether it's in our lifetime or another lifetime. Um, is our hope going to lie in that? Is it going to lie in Christ and Jesus? Uh, there may be trying times coming. Uh, the political climate for believers is not well. So where is our hope? Where is our hope? Um, same vein, politicians. You know, when, when, we, you know, when they said the next president of the United States is, was our hope all of a sudden spiked or all of a sudden dropped? Um, does it really matter? Is Jesus Lord? <laughs> I mean, does it really matter? Is Jesus Lord? I mean, yes, we need to vote. Yes, we need to play our part. Don't, don't take me as I'm saying anything that we shouldn't do that. But does it matter? Our hope is in Jesus. Jesus is Lord. Um, don't let your hope lie in country, in leader in office, or anything else. God is in control all the time. Um, so I'm going to go over, you know, where... I'm going to try to be quick. I'm a little, lot longer than I thought it was going to be. Um, where, where true hope is. We're going to go into where true hope is. Um, it's, it's three places we're going to, where true hope is. Uh, first one is Jesus. Our true hope is in Jesus. Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Waiting for our blessed hope and appearing the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, that's, that's Corinthians 5.17 and Titus 2.13 put together. Uh, we are waiting for our blessed hope. We are a new creature. We are a new creature, and we are waiting for our blessed hope. Uh, remember that. Remember, remember that you are a new creature, creature created in Christ, waiting for our blessed hope. Uh, we, are, we are to hope for that day. We, we, Jesus is the reason that we exist. We are to hope for that day. Um, the Word of God. Our hope is in the Word of God. We need, we need to pull it. We need to go. We need to go to the Bible. We need, we need to go to the Word daily. Can't say it enough. I'm preaching to myself. Go to the Word daily. Um, 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. Everybody knows this. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Scripture is breathed out by God. It's God giving you hope. It's God's word. It's God handing you the ability to have hope. If you don't charge your batteries, you're not going to have it. You're not going to have it. Um, last one. I'm skipping through a little fast. I'm sorry, guys. Last one is prayer. Um, and this is, this is my, you know, when I studied 
hope. And when I, when I learned about this, this is actually the scripture that, that really charged me. Um, David found great hope in praying. When you, when you read through the Psalms, you know, he's like a roller coaster, man. He's up, he's down, he's up, he's down, he's up, he's down. Um, but he found so much hope in praying. Uh, we need to pray these words for ourselves. All right, these words, I'm not going to put them up on the board. I'm sorry I didn't make a slide. But if you can write one thing down, write down Psalms 42.5. If you can remember one thing, remember Psalms 42.5. And Brett's talked about praying the Psalms. This is a Psalm that we need to pray, especially when we're in a time of torment, a time of trouble. Uh, we need to pray this for ourselves. We need to preach this for ourselves. Why? Are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. I will praise him. My salvation, my God. You need to determine. You need to preach it to yourself, and you need to determine to do it. You can, you can live in the mud, the muck, and the mire, or you can use the word of God, you can use prayer. You can use Jesus to allow yourself to come out of it, pull yourself out of it. Allow him to pull you out of it. Sorry, you're not pulling yourself out anyway. Um, pray this. Preach this. Preach to yourself. Preach to yourself. You don't, have to, you don't have to preach for 30 minutes to yourself, for an hour to yourself, for two hours to yourself. Grab a little scripture here or there, scripture that has hope in it. And preach to yourself. Preach to yourself. You know, pick a verse. Pick two verses. Preach to yourself these words. Because we need to. We need, to, we need the word. We need to preach to ourselves. We need Jesus. Um, the hope... I'm, I'm finishing up. This is my... I've got two statements for you, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. Brett, if you want to start coming this way so we can do communion, that'd be fine. Um, the hope that we have in Christ is real. All right? It's not that everything is okay, everything's wonderful. You know, you know how we do? You know, like when Bobby and I, hey, man, oh, everything's great, everything's going great, everything's good. It's not that. <laughs> it's a hope in Jesus. It's a real hope. It's a real confidence. It's a real excitement. It's not that kind of the mentality we have nowadays that, you know, it's all good. It's not, it's not it's an all good. It's that Jesus is real. It's that Jesus is our hope. And because of him, it's all great. It's all wonderful because my hope is in him. We are his sons. We are his daughters. We are his people. You know, we need to remember that. We are his people. And the rest of it's for bread, I guess. I have, I have a little bit more, but... It's going to go into the benediction, so go ahead. Yeah, funny enough, though, um, <laughs> Brett, and I, Brett and I were actually walking up here, and it was kind of like, well, who's going to do the benediction? Because the benediction, it's kind of weird, because you know, if, if I do it, then i got to come back up, because he's going to do communion. If he does it, it's probably easier. And we both had the exact same benediction. So <laughs> God is good. Um. <laughs> I want to, as we come to the table, I want to remind us and kind of build on what Scott's talking about there, that um, 
our hope is founded not on external circumstances, not on what we can work up within ourselves. Our hope is founded on Christ, on God, on God's promises to us. And so as Scott was uh, teaching, uh, the scripture that came to mind was Hebrews chapter 6, verses 17 to 20. And I want to read this as we come to the table. Uh, speaking about Abraham and Abraham receiving the promises, the writer to Hebrews says, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And so the writer tells us that God had made a promise, but he said, look, to, to make it absolutely clear to you that I really, really, really mean this, I already can't lie, so that ought to be good enough, but I'm going to take an oath on top of the fact that I can't lie, so you've got double surety to know what I say I mean. And this hope is an anchor for your soul. Whatever winds blow, come whatever may, whether the five-year plan you got fell apart, whether your hopes and dreams in this world fall apart, you've got an anchor that holds firm and secure. And as we're coming to the table, we're reminded that the anchor that holds, the reason we have it is because Christ is there as a high priest for us. And that's what we come to this table about. And so God, in, in doing it as believers, we could almost say there's a, there's a third thing. God promised that he doesn't lie. He's taken an oath. And then he fulfilled the oath in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And in that, God tells us whatever is happening, whatever is going on, here is a hope that is an anchor for your soul. And so I want to encourage us today as we come to the table, come and cling to Christ. If you're lacking hope because sickness is racking your body, and it doesn't seem to be getting better, I want to encourage you to flee behind the anchor today and let Christ be your anchor. If you are struggling in family, in job, in whatever security you had that gets shaken, because that's what happens to us so often, uh, sad to say, and we all find this, I understand exactly what Scott's talking about, the, the way I find out that I've moved my hope from Jesus to something else is when all of a sudden that something else gets shaken and I discover how much I'm shaken by that. And friend, that's a sure sign I was putting my hope on something other than Jesus because he's not shaken. He's firm, he's secure, and he's our high priest forever. So as we come to this today, I want to encourage us, just we're going to confess our sins, but I want to encourage us to use this as a sure, firm anchor, whatever our struggles are, that God has given his oath, he has kept his oath in Christ, and therefore we have hope. If you are a visitor, I want to remind you that you are welcome to participate with us. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you are trusting, as Scott was talking about a few minutes ago, that, that our, our belief, our hope for salvation is in Jesus alone, not in our work. If you are, then please come to the table with us.
For what I received from the Lord, I pass on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup. He said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out so that your sins may be forgiven. Drink from this, all of you, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Father, as we come to the table this morning, Lord, we come as those who are the inheritors of your promise. We come as those who have fled to take refuge in Christ. He is our anchor. Lord, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would meet each person here and whatever struggle we may be having in our faith, Lord, I pray you would meet us and you would speak your word to us personally this day and it would be an anchor for our soul. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. As you get the elements, please hold on to them and we'll take them together in just a couple moments. Father, as we hold this bread uh, this morning, the bread which represents the body of our Lord Jesus, the body that he took because we had fallen so short. Lord, we are reminded of all the times where we have placed our hope in something other than you and something other than your promise to us. Father, all the way back in the garden, when you'd given us the promise that we were rulers over all creation under you, Lord, we doubted your word. We doubted your goodness. And in putting our hope in what we were going to forge for ourselves, we plunged ourselves and all of creation into darkness and ruin. But Father, your commitment to your purpose was so unshakable, so unchanging, that your Son came and became one of us. And he lived without ever wavering in hope. Father, though we would marvel at Abraham, we see all the times he wavered. But you, Jesus, never wavered through unbelief. You never wavered. You never lost hope, even in the dark night of the soul. And so, this morning, Lord, we confess our tendency to put our hope and our faith in something other than you. We confess that, and we say, Lord, we are grateful that Jesus was broken so that our faith and hope might be restored and made whole. Father, we give you thanks for Jesus, our salvation. Take and eat. And Father, as we hold this cup, it symbolizes the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of that has secured your covenant. The blood that has won for us for all time all the promises of God. The blood that is the final evidence that you, the God who does not lie, you, the God who have taken an oath, you have kept your word even to the point of the shedding of the blood of Jesus. 
Father, we are so grateful for that blood. And Lord, I pray for each one of us, again, Lord, whatever struggle we might have. Father, I pray for each one of us where our hope would seem to waver. Lord, I pray that the blood of Christ would ever be fresh before us. That we would see you are a God who makes and a God who keeps covenant. And so, Lord, we would have hope, not because of who we are, but because of who you are. Father, we give you thanks for the blood of Christ. Take and drink. Holy Spirit of the living God, I pray that you would take all the words that you have spoken to us today and that you would seal them fresh to our hearts. Lord, I pray for every person who leaves here. Lord, I pray where there has been despair. Father, I pray you would give hope. Father, in that situation that seems hopeless, where it seems like change is not going to come, where it seems like it's either going to be this way forever or I just can't, I can't even carry on one more day. Father, I pray we would not be obstinate in refusing your word of hope. Father, I pray we would open ourselves up and even by the work of your Holy Spirit from this day forward, we would know that you are the God who calls things that are not and you make them exist. You are the God who gives life not just to that which is sick, but to that which was dead. Lord, you are the God who has saved us. And if you have done that, O oh our Father, will you not graciously grant us all the other promises that you have given? Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would work that in each and every one of us that you would impress that upon us from this day forward throughout this week. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. And the benediction that Scott mentioned is Romans 15, 13. And I encourage you to receive now the blessing of the hope of God. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Go forth in the peace, love, joy, and hope of God. Amen. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Bay Ridge Christian Church. For more teachings and resources, please visit www.brcc.church.